0: Here on the Spill the Beans podcast, we wholeheartedly condemn all acts of racism and discrimination.
1: We stand in solidarity with the victims of police brutality and racist abuse across the world and our hearts go out to their family and friends.
2: Unfortunately, the recent murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis is not a unique case. His murder was a result of inhumane police brutality that's perpetuated by cultures of white supremacy and systematic and institutional racism that exists worldwide.
0: These are the same cultures that are responsible for the deaths and tragedies experienced by Trayvon Martin,
1: Breonna Taylor,
2: Mike Brown,
1: Eric Garner,
2: Stephen Lawrence,
0: Belly Majinga,
1: as well as the many victims of the Windrush scandal and the 72 individuals who died as a result of the Grenville Tower fire.
0: This is by no means an exhaustive list, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and unfortunately until we see the implementation of radical policy changes that so many of us are fighting, marching, calling, protesting for, it is a list that is likely to grow longer and longer on almost a daily basis. The Spill the Beans podcast fully
1: endorses the Black Lives Matter movement and protests
2: and we encourage our listeners to do the same. It's not enough to not be racist, you need to be an active anti-racist. Read, reflect, donate, march, hold institutions and governments to account, be supportive, be an ally.
1: In times like these, silence is deafening and inaction is noted. The systems that govern our lives are working exactly how they were designed to. It's time for dismantling and decolonisation.
0: Racism is everyone's problem.
3: Be part, be part of, of the, the solution. solution.
0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Build Beans podcast. For the first time, me, Xavier, Lucia and Ethan are pleased to be sharing this platform with some very special guests who will here introduce themselves shortly. On this episode, we'll be talking about race, racism and the BAME attainment gap. The UK is home to some of the world's best universities and has a strong record of attracting talent from across the globe to its many institutions. However, the data has been showing us for a long time that when black, Asian, minority, ethnic students overcome the barriers that stand between them and obtaining a place at university, their chances of success are not equal to those of their white counterparts. The BAME attainment gap is arguably the biggest and most concerning issue facing the higher education sector at the moment, and academics are already speculating that COVID-19 will likely exacerbate the issue. For those who don't know, the BAME attainment gap is the gap between the likelihood of UK domiciled white students and UK domiciled students from black, Asian or minority ethnic backgrounds graduating with good honours to a first or a 2-1 degree classification. Nationally, this gap stands at 13%, meaning that white students are 13% more likely to get a 2-1 or a first than BAME students. Long story short, BAME is a homogenising term that groups people of colour together. It does not do a very good job of accommodating for the differences in the lived experience of black people compared to Asian people or Latino people, for example. It also does not acknowledge that as a black man from South East London with Caribbean heritage, my experiences, values and beliefs could be very different to a man from East Africa, whose experiences will again differ from a black woman from West Africa or the US or Newcastle. You'll have a much better understanding of the BAME attainment gap if you recognise the need for disaggregation of data. According to the Office for Students, the proportion of white students that graduated with good honours in 2016-17 academic year was 82.2%. The proportion of Asian students was 10.5% lower and when black students are isolated from the data, the attainment gap stands at 21.8%.
1: Throughout the podcast, you will hear two different perspectives from two different interviews. Due to the coronavirus' circumstances, these were recorded separately, so you will hear me pop up throughout this episode to piece together certain areas.
0: We'd like to start by getting you to introduce yourself. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and the work you do, please?
3: Yeah, sure. I'm. Uh, my name is Roger Griffith. Uh, I'm in this capacity as uh, an associate uh, lecturer. I'm working on special projects. Uh, for University West of England Bristol was this decolonizing the curriculum was what well, I prefer to say inclusive curriculum um, is part of. I work on a range of projects as an independent consultant, managing director of Tomorrow Today, former chair and chief exec of GMA Radio. Uh, I'm a author of My American Odyssey from the Windrush to the White House, uh, and currently engaged in several uh, writing projects, including uh, write a play about the uh, presidency of Barack Obama, and also uh, a number of creative projects. We're also joined
0: by the Vice President for Education at UE for the Student Union. Jane, would you like to introduce
2: yourself to us, please? Hi, everyone. I'm Nigerian. I've been here for the past five years, um, and I studied at UE. I studied business and HR and um, once i graduated i've gone on to be the vp education and yeah
0: cool and how have you found that and and firstly congratulations on winning um the recent election and getting a second term how have you found being the vice president and working with your colleagues
2: i found it amazing because um i've seen the growth like the personal growth from the time that I came here like four or five years ago, mm. and up until now, because initially I didn't even know anything that about the student union. I didn't even know we had one. And to find out that as a black person, I could actually run for election and win one, I was like amazed. And basically, I found the past one years um, a good opportunity to like you know make an impact and actually like sit on those boards and talk about how these issues sort of affect us and our experience or my experience at UE, and you know speaking up for those students who are you know maybe facing a certain challenges and you know finding a way to sort of help them and yeah I've enjoyed every bit of it to be honest although they've been like highs and lows to be yeah. very honest but um, I'll do it again.
0: Yeah and you will be uh, I'm just so proud to see that It's. it's I am might say three of the four um, VPs, we're, were all black, aren't, aren't you? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately the new year is going to be even, we dominating the entire SC because we're <laughs> actually the first full black, subs. So all five of us are black from a yeah. B in background.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great to see black people um, um, being represented in leadership positions. It's not something we see very often, especially mm-hmm. we look across the HE sector. Cool. So I'm going to crack on by asking you the first question. How would you describe the BAME attainment gap?
2: Um, I'd say it's like um, a significant or persistent disparity in academic performance or educational attainment between different groups of students. It could be white students or minority, for example, between the BAME and their white counterparts.
1: Roger expanded on this, using the reasons that cause the attainment gap to explain what
3: it is. Well, the BAME uh, attainment gap exists for a number of reasons. The reasons of um, through structural uh, and systematic uh, racism about how our our children, much like myself, have been taught, where um, I'm a classic example of doing well at junior school going into senior school then, and suddenly that being been a, a war that I didn't cope very well with, so much so that I'd left school with any qualifications. And then in latter life, through uh, finding my identity, through uh, books such as um, The Autobiography of Mark Mentos, I'm currently rereading, and since 95th birthday, uh, just this week, finding uh, inspiration through my, my uh, identity, and that's just one kind of narrative um, uh, in the way of uh, the gap of... Um, people who are, who've got the talent, who've got the uh, education and knowledge, but the educational system as it stands doesn't uh, uh, recognize that. And more to the point, it doesn't um, um, nurture it, particularly within the uh, the curriculum, particularly the way um, uh, uh, things are taught. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You've summarized it really well there and and it's very
0: well known that the the primary school education system you see um black and black brown students achieving really well and 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 a lot of cases above um white students and then things start to go wrong as you move towards the kind of middle to latter end of, of of Kind of state education and then into universities as we're seeing
3: absolutely i mean that's you, you know that i mean i use my personal example because i've I found a way of the narrative of seeing the world through my eyes but explaining it across the, the, the diaspora because these things uh kind of happened to me but they happened to me in the 70s and 80s we're, we're in 2020 now and these these gaps now have gone 30 40 50 years so what is it within our, our uh, within our system that is um, not being bringing the, the, the best out of uh, all of our students, uh, mm-hmm. but particularly our, our Black, Asian, minority, ethnic uh, students, is it that they're like myself, they weren't seeing anybody who looked like them who, you know, beyond sports stars and, and, uh, and entertainers. Um, and we know when the, the focus has been on them that, that Black people ha- have achieved. So why can't we apply that to, to the sciences? Is it the way, uh, in terms of using art and an expression, when we look at uh, something like hip hop, and I'm talking about the the political sense of, of terms of that? You, you know, that's that's straight out Shakespeare poetry. If you look at the, the likes of of, of Nas, just uh, um, highlighted by George the poet recently, Public Enemy, um, and Guru, gifted Universal Rhymes Unlimited, going back to the, the, uh, to my day, and many others. Um, even uh, Jay Z has been immortalized in 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 print in terms of his uh, uh, music. You, you're you're talking about people depicting life or, 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 or around them uh, in in a form of of, of art uh, and a short format. So you, you, so you know there's not that these people are not without intelligence. It's about how that uh, intelligence is best nurtured and uh, and through that expression and what you know what can the the, the world uh, uh, learn through that? We've seen from um, you know other uh, other artists, whether that's uh, Madonna or Justin Timberlake or Elvis Presley going way back in the day, how that sharing of those cultures, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, all got knighthoods, um, sharing of cultures and, and music can in, inspire uh, others. So why, so why not widen uh, the plate to inspire those students to get them up to the, uh, uh, the required standard? It must be the way that they're being taught, I would argue. Yeah, yeah
0: I definitely agree. And I think you've just answered our second question, which was about um, why you believe the, the attainment gaps um, exist or why they occur.
1: Of which James' response to this question was,
2: I'd say first and foremost that it does not lie with the students themselves, but rather it's as a result of the institutional and systematic um, failures within academia, and um, some of this which are lack of diversity within the, institu- in, within the institution. Um, I, for one, um, my entire three years at UWE, um, I never had a BAMES lecturer teach me on my course. Or if I was to maybe um, assess the mental health or wellbeing services as, at UE, I couldn't see anyone that looked like me or could even relate to any of the issues that I was going through. So um, definitely a lack of diversity is one. There's also the curriculum and learning which also includes the assessment um, structures and obviously teaching. There's also the relationship between staff and students and um, maybe some sort of sense of belonging um, within the university. And also I think social and cultural and sometimes financial um, factors play into the attainment gap because of, um, financial situations that might affect student experience and maybe some sort of psychological and identity factors that might be affecting students could also affect attainment gap. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so you've got, um, there's a range of reasons and it's not just, you, it's not a kind of one size fits all approach. You can't exactly. fix the curriculum. I think that that's going to fix everything in relation to the attainment gap. A lot of it stems from what happened before students come to university mm-hmm. um, and also across their, their whole learning journey while they're, they're, they're at university.
2: Definitely, definitely. Because they're probably already labelled or these set of students are already labelled before they come into the um, higher education system. Mm-hmm. And now we see that they, they are BAME and they have a less likely chance to, you know, attain a first or a 2-1.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah
0: yeah which obviously has knock on effects on their, their graduate project yeah,
2: outcomes yeah definitely
0: um, so where would you say that you
1: or where do you feel you've noticed uh, the attainment gap whether within work or within studies
3: i i've i've uh, noticed it in in work and probably in the uh, the probably biggest thing is in in, in confidence and um, and seeing very very talented students um not have that same not had their sense of uh of confidence uh nurtured if we look at um and i'm going to use an extreme looking at this the seven percent and i'm talking about that of, of public school they have this uh, you know i'm going to be prime minister I prime 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 minister and i'm not doubting and knocking his, his his talents but there'd be a long long way before anybody that i know would have that same confidence but these people cameron david cameron before him uh, you know, are, are given that confidence to enhance their knowledge and to uh, and to achieve. So I see that, uh, you know, whether it's uh, through grades, whether it's applying for the next post up for managerial posts. And, you, you know, once we once we start turning that around and instead and saying that, yes, you can. Yes, whatever you're bringing to the uh, uh, your your studies and the, the, the curriculum, it can be valued. We can parcel it in a different way. Let's be flexible. Find out in know, more creative ways, especially as a, that's what we claim to be, of understanding where our prospective students are, ranking achievements in, a, in, a, in a different ways. The system has to move towards them, not the other way around. Yeah, and in what you just said,
0: you're touching on themes of of deficit models and, and of role models. You, you've, you mentioned in your introduction that you've... Um, written a book and writing some plays about Obama, would it be fair to say that he's a role model for you? And and how would you describe how you
3: see him? Uh, President Barack Obama most definitely is uh, uh, one of the, the role models, particularly um, where as he didn't come from a place of, of privilege, he was up against two big machines and or just followed the, the, the Bush um, uh, dynasty, a gang steeped you know, with with, with, with with President Clinton machine in, in his own party, and the Democrats, single parent, uh, b- without both his parents at times, but his grandparents, mixed race, had a lot to cope with, lived his life, had a determination... Uh, married a woman of his his, his dreams, and then turned the, the, those dreams into in, into the presidency. That that's a fairy tale uh, story. The, the, but his life, even as president of the United States, continues to be dogged by race and racism. The you know the you know, post-racial uh, stuff that he mentioned on his inauguration. Well, we we see the difference between how perhaps the most perfect with the, uh, of his marriage and two children. Uh, and the what he was um accused of of, of, uh, of being accused of doing to um a, a three times married philandering, mm-hmm. lying uh individual who took his place and we see the difference between we you know uh, uh, of standards and, and, and uh, even being told to be quiet uh this week like he's still back on the plantation by mm-hmm. by um uh, 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 the, the leader of Mitch McConnell of the um uh, of the senate so we see the, the difference, and I, I'm inspired by that, um, uh, by that narrative. It's, it's not flawless. There are uh, mistakes that he would make because he's a human being, same as my other heroes, Dr. King and Malcolm X. Uh, he, he, you know, I didn't agree with the, some of the rhetoric that Malcolm X uh, had in early, early in his years. He's also... but a reforming character from from prison these aren't saints they're they're, they're men uh, and and women who, who, who made mistakes but they're human they're human they try to do their best and that's what I inspire and that's why I want to the stories that I, I wish to tell I want to go beyond the skins and deep uh, yeah this person was bad this person was evil you know what were their motivations uh, and what can we learn in, in history and from from him that you can literally achieve anything that you wanted to be because I never thought you know this is 12 years ago uh and you two were, were, you know now um uh, and lucia as well could now think of a time when yeah they're going to be female presidents or uh a person of color will come back again well in my day there was just no chance i am c said that's why i went there because i never thought i'd see it i want I, even the days to the podium. I still thought I was in the, you know, it still couldn't happen. I'd literally pinched myself <laughs> mm. because the history of that the of that country and and, and in, in the Western world is is that, that that this couldn't be achieved. They wouldn't give a black man a chance. Well, they did, I and mean, he not just, um, that wasn't just done by people of color. That was that was a whole movement um, who got behind him, and and got in there. And I think that story is quite extraordinary, and it become more uh, extraordinary as it itself. Mm. What he did beyond that. Is, is, is examine his record. Well, that's for the journalists like myself to to uh, to unpick about what he could have done about the, the wars, where he could have done more for the poor, more for a black family and, and stuff. But overall, uh, just uh, uh, an inspiring story. Mm.
1: Jane, however, talks about a lack of knowledge on the gap from a student's perspective.
2: Um, to be very honest, in my three years of at UE I didn't notice it. In fact, I never knew anything such as attainment gap or brain. <laughs> like I wasn't very knowledgeable about the topic until I started working at the SU. Then I had the figures and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> so we're like, sort of, should I say it's destined to like, we have this big thing chasing us, but we don't know about it. Mm. But to be very honest, I haven't noticed it in my workplace or in my studies and um, prior to being elected um, as the VP education, but now like, um, while studying the factors, I could see why um, we are, you know, sort of disadvantaged, but without sort of going online and researching, I'm sort of oblivious because I don't see it. But this is just my own perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even that kind of leads me to ask you a question about um, the preparation for this specific episode. And yeah, so you got in contact with me. Would you want to kind of explain what what happened there?
1: Yeah, so I was quite shocked, actually. So it wasn't something I was very knowledgeable about either. Um, but when Xavier mentioned it to me, obviously it was something I definitely wanted to look into before doing it. And the thing that I found most shocking was the lack of information there is about it. Uh-huh. Uh, I tried to do a good amount of research to find it through UE's documents. And although there was talks of um, how Yui were going to try and improve it, finding any actual stats to back it up was why I had to email Xavier and get him to um, send me documentation that he had himself Mm -hmm. um, in a packet for staff. And I was quite shocked at how hard to come by that information was.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you because um, same, a few months back when I went into this role, and um, I had an initial discussion with Xavier that was when I first like knew about it Then when I went to do my own research I also didn't find like any figures nothing I had to go through to the um project beam officer which is Alicia and she had to tell me that this is these are the figures and it was shocking to know that even on the website we don't have a definition of like attainment like we don't talk about these things or the university don't post these things online. So students aren't, they're sort of oblivious. So you'd have to research. Then when you find the issues, you now begin to notice that, hmm, these are actually what's affecting my um, studies because you just think you're a normal student coming to school every day. But when you begin to, you know, research on this topic, you're now more conscious and like um, begin to notice the disadvantages that my um you know affect your outcome
0: and i suppose also i mean in, in my role now being a member of staff one of the, the biggest challenges that i come across is that i'm really involved in in lots of different projects that happen around the university like equity like mm-hmm. the new toolkit that this this podcast is part of um but and i go, go off to meetings and people ask where are you going and like i'm going to talk about the attainment gap again um mm-hmm. but there's a real opt opt out culture in that it's really easy for you not to concern yourself with these issues, even though they're the biggest issues, arguably the biggest issue facing the university at the moment. Um, and I think a, a couple of months into me starting my role last March, um, someone signed posted me to a Guardian article that basically named and shaped, not basically, it named and changed UWE as one of the worst offenders in terms of the attainment gap across any institution in the UK, um, because it's, to give you some more stats again um that the the national attainment gap is is about 13 um mm-hmm. and at ui is it, it, it's, it's, um, across the institution is 17 yep. um if you're okay. a black student um you're 31 less likely to get you leave university with good honors um the these these are alarming um, and I think it should be on everyone's radar and not just people who want to involve themselves but I think that message comes from that messaging comes from the top and so we need key figures like the Vice Chancellor to be endorsing our work which is slowly happening but talking frankly about this is the current state of play um, which hasn't always been the case.
2: Like I don't know if you had the chance to read through his um, newsletter yesterday. Yeah that he stated the figures but i think it should be more than that maybe sort of because it's almost like if you want to it's not like you have to i still feel that way sometimes that Mm. it's not this is why it's important like you guys have to do this it's almost like oh like don't force them they should but it's important because this is people's future on the line here
0: yeah and people are spending a lot of money to get their their degrees Um, and in in the case of international students a a lot Mm -hmm. more money Yeah, I think that kind of leads us to the next question. So what do you believe can be done to to close the attainment gap?
2: Um, Usually these activities, I would say, would require buying from professional services, students Mm -hmm. and the academics. Changing the institutional culture is key to addressing the attainment gap
0: also. What I think you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's really important that it's not just the people on the ground who are doing the work it's the people yeah. they're endorsed by the people at the top
2: yeah um, and it requires commitment and action yeah, from senior and, staff
0: and accountability yeah. and i think if we look across the he landscape to where examples of of institutions where they have made significant progress you look at uh the university of kingston, kingston. you look at yeah. sheffield hallam that it, it's taken them um, a number of years it's not an overnight thing but everything is being endorsed by their vice chancellor. They've, they've made additional key performance indicators that sit alongside the typical six that are commonplace in, in universities that are linked to things like TEF and, and um, yeah the Teaching Excellence Framework. Um, they've made an additional attainment gap, BAME attainment gap, brain attainment gap um, KPI, um, and and ultimately, it's easy to see who's accountable for that issue. And, and if, if things aren't happening, then then people are putting their hands up to say, okay, this is on me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure we, we've got that quite yet, quite right yet, but um, we've now got this ambitious goal, in my opinion, yeah, really ambitious goal of eradicating the attainment gap at uni within the next 10 years, so by 2030, no uni's ever um, uh, as far as my knowledge, especially in the UK, no unis have eradicated their attainment gap yet. Um, and we're way behind, uh, some way off, off those well, they're universities they're we mentioned in. mentioned previously. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens um, over the next 10 years.
3: I believe um, the initiative that UWE Bristol have undertaken to um, close the gap is is a great start. Uh, first of all, it's the, the acknowledgement um that there there is a problem uh, second is is what we're going to do about it and some of the work groups I've been on record as um I'm a campaigner for equality and, and race equality and social justice but it has to come with resources and they could be brain power or cash and I know we're going to get in in, in hard times or, or specific roles where people it's their job their profession to to kind of make this happen so I'd like to see those 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 resources there. I like us go to go beyond words. I would like to see some initiatives. I would like UWE Bristol to be able to uh, uh, have the freedom to make mistakes without being, but also uh, you know hold their feet to the at, the at the fire because this isn't easy. We're talking about four or five hundred years of uh, of oppression just to be, you know, it's not going to be thrown away, you know, turned away uh, uh, overnight. I'd like to see student engagement. Um, beyond campaigning to, um, to 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 find solution and solutions based outcomes i'd like it to be mandatory so i want proper leadership to say that all teachers now coming in uh, and tutors have to go through some kind of course and assessment and include the uh, wider uh, material and again i'm going to um, go beyond race in, in that in terms of uh, different um uh, through gender, through uh, religion, uh, through class, as well as uh, and getting those voices uh, in there, as well as uh, old, old and young. Um, so I think there's there's something for all to do. I like to get every every um, you know every level of the institution, from senior leadership to tutors to student freelancers to community. Uh, is to go away and do what they uh, do what they can to make this uh, better and mo- uh, more inclusive. And the, the, you know, if an organisation preaches continuous development and learning cycle, then then this is a, a great place to start.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: can you um, personally think of a time that you were uh, racially discriminated against, either within a workplace or studies?
2: Um. I wouldn't say racially discriminated, but um, I would say like I felt segregated, like in the classroom, and um, like I remember a time in school where basically I I, I only worked in a group with um, three other girls, and they were all black because no other person would and want to work in a group with us. But I remember at the time working and there were so many on that day but we got in before the others and we sat down and the others rather prefer to stand than sit down next to us. We had like almost three seats empty but and the other classes or our other classmates um, they would have other people go and sit down with them. But for some reason they wouldn't sit down to
0: Sorry to interrupt. This, eh? um... mm-hmm. There was some kind of, uh, your voice was going in and out a bit, like the, uh, I think I heard well up to the point that you you finished explaining kind of what the situation was in the classroom and that people were were choosing to sit or stand elsewhere um, (laughs) rather than sit on a table with you. Um, Do you want to just recap on how how that made you feel? I
2: mean, I would say you made me question myself said to me that what could be wrong like is it me or and I, I believe I'll never do that because um, I have never had to question myself mm-hmm. in a classroom before now and not only that like some other things that have happened in the classroom, maybe even the way they teach out, um, okay, there was an instance where we had a class where we were talking about, like, um, maybe Africa and its, like, economy, uh, and the, there was a lecturer that talked about corruption in Nigeria and about the leaders and how people suffer and stuff like that, and everyone turned around to just look at us mm. or... And there was another instance that she talked about how um, black people are sort of disadvantaged in the workplace. And the fact that everyone would just turn around to look at us was like, so like, why would they have to turn around to look at us? just made me uncomfortable going to the class. And I believe I only attended that class like three times and I couldn't just stand to be sort of looked at every time they talked about something bad that could sort of affect me in the long run or something bad about the continent I come from mm.
0: and ultimately um, if when we look across the curriculum and, and we see there's a there's definitely gaps in terms of diversity or, or um, decolonization within the curriculum but mm-hmm. no white student is ever held it personally accountable for the failures of their government if you're in a history class and you're talking about uh, to use a stark example, we're talking about Hitler's reign during World War Two. Yeah. The black students don't then suddenly look to um, all the white students to say, can you explain this, or you're, it's your fault, do they?
2: Exactly, uh, no. Yeah,
0: yeah, so you're made to feel others. And I think that, that touches on how the importance of the, 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 role, the, the role that the um, lecturer plays in those instances, to be sensitive and also to facilitate in such a way that no one's made to feel out of place, um, yeah. and that means basic things like when people walk in the classroom and you see that people are sitting in um, groups that are racialized, take it upon yourself to ask everyone to stand up and assign numbers and get people to to move and sit with different people. You're gonna they'll learn a lot more if they're um, they're taking in other people's opinions from different backgrounds rather than just sitting in their silo with the people that look like them, um, with their kind of narrow, potentially narrow um yeah, thought basis to basis to um to sorry, I'll say that again. To they've got a much narrower um knowledge base to draw on, if that makes sense. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The situation that you raise as well, I wouldn't argue is one that's uncommon either. I think I've seen myself, despite it not being affecting me, is it you do see um, in some classrooms you can see a racial divide, you yeah. can see a clear gap. I mean when growing up where me and Lucia have grown up is not there's a lot of um, ethnic diversity and both of our friendships have always had quite a good mix. And a lot of my um, friends growing up were um, ethically diverse. So me sitting down in the classroom, it's not a conscious thought. I don't really care who I'm sat next to. I'll just sit down. But there has been times where I've sat down and I have found myself to be the only white person sat on a table um, with a group of other black people. And then the rest of the classroom, all the other tables, be uh, just white people on their own, and it's it's not something until I, a few years ago or maybe like a year ago I probably started really um make like taking effort to learn and give myself knowledge about uh race and diversity, but it wasn't until that I started thinking about it. It is something that it comes clear to you, but yeah. it's an uncommon situation, and I think that's an awful thing. And obviously, for me, I don't see what it's like being on the other side of that. I can just acknowledge that it's, it's there, um, but it's awful to hear that it's not.
0: It is more common, and to hear the effects on people that I will get to. Mm-hmm. And, and and oh, sorry to interrupt you. Carry on.
2: And sometimes it's not just about like sitting like in the mix of the table but um what happens in the group conversation like uh mm-hmm. is everyone contributing and like when let's say for about say for example myself like as a beam student when i contribute like are my opinions valid like what i'm saying are you going to write it down because i've experienced sitting on a table where oh, we're all having like um, a group discussion and um, I would say something and they wouldn't actually listen to me. And I would say my entire three years of going to school was almost, I have had to have two characters. One, obviously, that goes to school that doesn't really talk that much and the one that goes home to our friends and um like more of myself. Um, So basically I've had two marks. So one that I wear to school and the one that I would wear out of school. So I'm... Basically, not fully myself because maybe I have, if I've experienced two occasions where I'm not, if, when I see something, my opinion is invalid. It's almost like why do I even bother, anyways? I might as well just go and listen to the lecture, pick up my bag, and leave. So it's that way. I'm not even interacting, um, but indirectly, that might also affect my outcome mm. because if I'm engaging, I'm learning from different students, and they're also learning from me and um, i could be able to or i will be able to even perform better Um, so maybe i think it's having the conversation with them like you said um, before prior to researching about the issues you never really saw it or you never even like acknowledged it so people just need to be more aware Mm. and um, conscious
0: Mm. i couldn't agree more can you think of a time when you've been discriminated against during the course of your work or studies?
3: I've, <laughs> I've got, I've got um, m- many examples. Uh, I, c- you know, I could do the t- tried and tested from the police, but uh, I-, I, I think um, what ha- I mean, I- I'm lucky enough to be freelance now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but I was within an institution of the the city council. Um, um. For 18 years, and I I rose quite quickly. I come out, I was uh, I was in the buildings uh, once upon a time in my life up until my mid twenties, retrained um, for the first time. Took a white collar job, which is a job in an office as a housing officer. I did really well. I uh, worked hard. Got my management qualifications, but I could only go so far um, for whatever reason. And I was well lights, I was popular, but uh, whatever reason, I just wasn't going to make it through the glass ceiling. Uh, similar, and I see the same types of th- things in terms of, uh, you, know, what I, you know, I keep getting asked because I'm uh, you know fond of things in America about uh, Barack Obama. Uh, is there going to be a, a British Prime Minister within the Labour Party? I've still not seen a, a major Labour figure there. There's something about the institutions on the left and liberal that um, uh, uh, are that that need tackling, that need breaking down. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to senior management. I could have been, probably should have been a, a, a director of that. I just chose to then take those skills, and I led a, 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 a grassroots organisation within community radio station of the year of the year and a number of awards but those skills uh, and those entrepreneurial skills as i say they would nudge and develop within the city council but i didn't have the freedom within my role to or or any other role to uh, uh, to kind of take that forward uh, other than that yes but i've had the discriminations around the, the the name calling that i got i grew up up with uh, work, living in a, a white working class estate um, being chased by skinheads, I've got a scar on my face to this day from, from being um uh beaten up. Um, but they're, they're, and this is very personal, it's not um, uh, no, why do they those scars have healed? Hit me in the pocket, um, as in deny my opportunity to uh, me to come become a homeowner, which I am now. Or travel, which has broadened my knowledge, which I was able to to see and and then uh, from that take that to write my my first book, which brought me into the public spotlight. Um, and you you know, as uh, um, you take away my economic uh, right to uh, work and and better myself and and climb that social mobility. And I think we've got a long way to go, not just within uh, race, but also in class, in improving that structural ladder. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think it's really good to hear as well coming from someone like you who is um, a successful individual to hear about the knockbacks that you had as a result of um, racism. I think it's really nice to hear the, the fact that you went through these things yet you still and were stunted but it, it didn't necessarily stop you from keeping going forward.
3: Yeah, I, I, it's true, but I, I wouldn't want. Um, it shouldn't be this, this, this hard. And I, the example I, I I use is like, um, yeah, let's let's we're all starting up on the on the starting line. We're having a, a, a race, and um, uh, we start the gun, uh, and then we get to the end of the tape, and then you see, um, at the, uh, you know, alongside the winners, you uh, you see Usain Bolt, Mo Farah. Uh, and Jessica Ennis and you're saying yes. See, that's it. See, they can do it. So, um, well, the, the, the fact is that they're extraordinary individuals. And I'm, I was, uh, I've been, uh, you know, blessed with the, you know, some hard determination and, a, you know, so much uh, love and help and support. My latter part of my career, um, to to take that forward, and that that continues now with, you know, working with you guys, and also with uh, with, with you, Ian, and lots of uh, other organisations. But we should shouldn't we? have got to make this this a lot easier than than the uh, the one the one it is because the other side of the story is that I could have gone the uh, the other way and been you could have been phoning me in a, a in a prison cell or I could have been mentally uh, mentally or because of those all those things have crossed my mind in my in my career uh, I was just had the fortitude that I wasn't going to go down that path. Um, but it's a, it's it's a, an easy fought road to, to go down. Some of my friends have done, and are not with us today.
1: No, you, you raise a good point as well that despite these stories being available, they shouldn't be recognised as a almost a norm.
2: So our next question, I know you've sort of touched on it before with the how we can close the gap. Um, but, but yeah, the next question is how can we gain more inclusive learning in uh, Bristol? <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, gaining more influence in, in, in Bristol is a way about making connections and working with our communities who are already there. There is um, just knowledge bursting out of every community. and um, I've, I've you know, proved it time and time again with my projects through OJIMA, where we haven't gone to talk, talk to the superstars, we've gone to talk to the people, and they will give you their time, and they will tell you things of buildings being, um, uh, made of, of great nights or events that have occurred of um people great people who who live there all parts of our historic uh, 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 connections um and that leads to uh, um uh, you know just a a, a more inclusive, uh, way of, of connecting with, with with our city, which has got a, a, a very checkered history from the transatlantic slave trade uh, stuff and stuff and, and things like the riots. But I'm also, uh, you know, in, in my research seen, uh, you know, it's great strength and having lived in the city and, and um, uh, lived in a white working class area of the city, there's those tremendous uh, resilience there and, and people who contributed to uh, over centuries and decades to uh, things like the the uh, abolitionist movement to uh, rising up uh, 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 themselves in places like, like as who worked on the on, on the docks uh and as, as part of the um this the city's this heritage in terms of its its bit being being um, based on on water. And that, and that trade coming in and it still uh uh allows people to to come in in that way so there, there are a myriad of stories within the city of ordinary people doing extraordinary things and it's 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 for uh, the university to, to um yeah by all means bring their stories as i've done from abroad but look for those local connections connections mm. like paul stevenson on you know inspired himself by the bristol uh, uh, bus boycott and many others um who have uh, uh, done great things. Sorry, that's the Montgomery Bus Boycott 1955, and um, Paul Stevenson started his in 1963, uh, 63, um, which uh, the same day as I Have a Dream was um, pronounced on the 20th of August, uh, 1963. So there, there, there's so many connections that we have with this you know, vibrant uh, Bristol Vic Theatre uh, and, and that we have, the creative industries like Watershed and Arnafini, Ar- Ar- uh, and but we we want to see what our our local community stories um, can bring. Yeah, you make you make a
0: fantastic point, Roger. And I know working on this project with you, um, you helped to remind me that there are so, that Bristol is such a rich city um, in, in its people. In that its people um, are are beacons of knowledge, and they they're on our doorstep, but they need to be used. And in, in many ways, you've just answered our final question for you. Um, which was, was, do you have any examples or case studies or people um, that UWE Bristol should be working with? Um, Are there any other names? You have mentioned Paul Stevenson uh, there amongst others. I
3: mentioned the Bristol Bus Boycott, the Trinity um, uh, Community Arts Centre continues to be um, and provide a a range of fantastic um, uh, 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 events from uh, public enemies uh, uh, gig there to early uh, Rastafarian bands like black roots and, and, and talisman still uh, uh, you know, the hub of, of, of communities um it, it, we've just talked about the merchant ventures there's a whole story there um marty at the uh, 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 the lakota there there are a, a myriad in fact we're, we're working with xavier now we've got i've got i'm up to 2010 with a timeline I've just found a good timeline, but it's, it's populating the, the rest of, of, of those. Mm. So we, there are a myriad of, of uh, uh, stories and, and, and connections there. And I think uh, part of this will be to, to link to books and uh, resources and people uh, and individuals who can share that community story. And, uh, I've to speak and have now become a member of staff and uh, I'm proud of it too. Yeah, and you should be.
0: And, and and we're really grateful for you taking time out to come and speak to us. And we've said before, you're a really busy man. So we're really grateful to have you on our, on our platform. Thank you for your time. Yeah, definitely.
1: Thank you. Thank you to our guests, Roger and Jane, for taking the time to talk to us. And thank you for taking the time to listen.
2: We hope that this episode has inspired you to reflect on your place and practice within the higher education sector, You heard us stress the importance of effective leadership but we want to remind you that racism and the attainment gaps are everyone's responsibility. They exist for a multitude of reasons and individuals play a crucial role in progression and culture change.
1: There is no better time to start making a difference. Finally we encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Check out our other episodes and feel free to follow us or reach out to us on twitter at spillthebeanspod. Goodbye.